Dolores, Darth Maul, Michael Jordan, three killers in their respective occupations. And we're discussing them on this action-packed episode of Was It Good? I'm your host, Ravi, and I'm joined by my two brothers, Christian and Arjuna. Today, we're talking about Westworld, Star Wars The Clone Wars, and The Last Dance. Real quick, who at this table is who among our three characters we just mentioned? I call Dolores because I am blonde now. What? Darth Maul. Darth Maul. I'm Darth Maul because I'm bald. Yes. You're, um, just, thank you for listening to so, our viewers. Wait, does that mean I'm Michael Jordan? I'm the GOAT? Are you, you just allowed <laughs> yeah. Arjuna to be the GOAT? You, <laughs> are a, the goat. you are a gambling addict who happened to be good at basketball. Uh, okay. Maybe good the best at of all basketball? Time. You are the best of all time. You are the boat. Is Michael Jordan? I mean, so this, for, for our, our, our regular listeners, we are trying, obviously, we're not trying, we are doing it, something a little bit different here. We're talking about a sports documentary, probably like one of the greatest sports documentaries ever prior to the current events. It was one of the most anticipated documentaries ever because of current events. <laughs> it is. The anticipation <laughs> made it even more to the point where it's like the most anticipated sports documentary, I think, to date. And we got to see it. Real quick, it actually broke records, I think. I believe it is the highest rated ESPN uh, live programming ever. Wait, Origi- ever? Original, original live. Oh, programming. not like a game. No, not okay. games. Yeah, but That's it's, amazing. It's by far the highest. So, well, I mean, you know, thank ESPN, you. What was the last good thing they produced? Well, it's not just that. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, you never, hey, hey, real quick. You never want to, like, diss on a company that may be interested in one of us at this table. I diss all the companies. <laughs> Wait, what? First of all. <laughs> Because they all passed me up. <laughs> oh my god! Not bitter at all. But before we get into the Michael B. Jordan stuff, Michael B. Michael Jordan. Jordan. Yes, I knew I was going <laughs> to do that at least once. That's why I poured this. So you take a drink every time I fuck up and say Michael B. Jordan instead of Michael Jordan. Oh, but, you do. But that. you're the only one that's doing the game. No, this is for the listeners. No. Mm. Added engagement value, listeners. Mm. Drinking game. Yeah. What drink should they make? I would make a Manhattan. It is a three to one ratio of. Uh, whiskey to sweet vermouth two dashes of bitters stir that over ice use a strainer pour that over that's just a dash and i'm maddie madison nope okay we'll just keep going here so westworld <laughs> yes westworld westworld the place where fake people exist we- westworld where we never spend any time in westworld yes we're ne- we just finished episode five six, six. Oh, fucking hell is it six or is yes. it five? No, it's, no, it's, it's episode it's, it's, six. I believe him. We've right. got two episodes left. That's it. Two episodes left. Episode six. Christian, you seemed like you, as per normal, did not care. Mm. Would you... Uh, is there a reason? So, it's... Man, I, I feel like I beat, the, I beat this horse to death every single week. So, I'm going to try a slightly different strategy. Ooh, I like this. This episode, I was extremely frustrated by... For most of the same reasons. <laughs> Real quick, I'm only going to bring up one example instead of all of the examples. For instance, the first time we see uh, William, the man in black, uh, he's in like you know the mental uh, institute with all the other patients. Literally every line by the doctor, the patients, and himself is a bunch of cliche bullshit. There was not one singular defining line that you could you could literally have taken that from any other p- a show. Right? There was nothing in there. In fact, the whole scene was completely unnecessary and slowed it down. Anyway, so that was my biggest script of the episode. But we come back to William later. The foe? No, not William the foe. Oh, that would that'd be an interesting choice by the couch. Uh, and they did some interesting things. And I was very, I think, the, for the first time, not the first time, but the, this was the, the highlight of the season for me was what happened with William in this episode. And where are we talking specifically where William is talking about is talking he's in the VR headset, he's going through therapy. AR. AR well, it's not AR, it's VR. But they have said it's AR. So wait, I know exactly wait, what you mean. Right. We should we should, we should talk, talk about, about this about because yeah. it goes back to like the hallucination everything. Let's let's actually, let's talk this right now. So they say it's AR therapy. For our listeners and those watching, AR is augmented reality. That's where there is augmented or virtual elements added on top of actual reality. And what that means is, for example, you would look through a headset or glasses or, or not headset, excuse me, um, like glasses or like your phone, and there would be a digital object on like a table. That's like augmented reality, right? Mm. What we saw with the man in black 
or William, we were seeing full-blown uh, virtual or real-life setups where he's sitting and he's talking to himself in various uh, stages. Yeah. Man in Black, um, Tuxedo. So before he goes to Westworld, William. Uh, William, uh, him as a child where Boy. something traumatic as a kid had, ha- had happened. Yeah. Um, so but, is was, it, but is it though? Because like, could, could it be he's in the same room where that's happening? So it's still kind of AR? Or is it established that when he puts the goggles on, he's in a totally different place then? It well, is established because at the end of the episode, after he's killed all of his respective selves, Bernard pulls the glasses off and he's not in the same room. Mm. He's in the white padded cell. So and his whole, arms are, 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 yeah. are, he's in a kind of a crazy suit. Oh, and he's on the that. ground. Like Straight falling jacket. over as if he fell out of the chair. Yeah. So I, I don't. And that, by the way, was the best part of the episode. I don't know why they would go and call it AR, AR therapy unless it's supposed to. My initial thinking is like his character at this point, he's no longer reliable. He's having clear, like a clear psychotic break. He's actually never been reliable, but I, I know. Yeah, but, but yeah. even more so. Yeah. He's having like a psychotic break. We don't know. We know this insane secret about him in the future that i don't know if him he probably doesn't know that but like he's super unreliable so it's kind of weird that like they would say ar to vr or it could just be a simple like they fucked up Mm. which would be kind of funny but real quick speaking about the man black you didn't like everything but the part (laughs) you didn't like you the, the part with him in this episode you liked everything you didn't like everything. You only liked the part where he's like murdering himself. Uh, right. That part, and then also when the curtain is pulled back and Bernard and Stubbs are standing there. That, that was great. So the rest of it, the rest of it, it wasn't that it was bad. Right. It was just more of the same, which has, has really you know disappointed. So Variety reported on this. Uh, they put out the article today. The actor that plays the Man in Black, Ed Harris, Ed Harris, actually said, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said something along the lines of like. Yeah, I'm not really thrilled with what's happened with my character either. But it is what it is. That's my own issue I have to deal with. Wow. And the thing that I... the thing, Damn. The thing he that calls... That means he dies at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. His no, contract the, is done. No, the thing that he <laughs> he didn't like is the fact that our man in black character, as he's murdering himself, he says this one interesting line, which he said, I'm the good guy. Yeah. And that's the part that Ed Helms... Ed Harris... Uh, is not cool. <laughs> Ed Helms. <laughs> Ed Helms. Can you, can you what a casting choice. Oh, man. Uh, so he was not happy. He's not happy with the, the change and the sudden shift in this character. That he now thinks he's a good guy. Well, Correct. I'm going to go back to what I said a couple weeks ago. Like, it's all a dream. It should have been his last appearance a couple weeks ago. Mm, the yeah. character arc is done, and this definitely feels you know, force-fed into still keeping him relevant in the current plot. And I have a theory about that. Yes. Because uh, I got... I got strong Avenger Assembles vibes from this episode. Yes. I got strong vibes that Bernard is going to end up being sort of a Nick Fury. And he's already collected the man in black, William. Uh, we've just seen... Um, we Obviously, Maeve is clearly taking a step against Dolores. And also, Charlotte Hale, who... Fully committed to her family, her fake family, and they just died in a fire explosion. Whoa, spoilers. Yes, spoilers. I ruined it for you. Why are you here? You're talking about Haloris, correct? <laughs> Haloris, yes, the yes. Terminator? Hey, Haloris. Haloris. Uh, Hilarious. Haloris. Uh, yeah, and so she, she's now like a burnt like a crisp. She looks like, she looks like um, Anakin Skywalker oh, yeah. after uh, he tried it after when hey, Obi-Wan hey, had hey, the high ground. Hey, hey, you were supposed to save that transition to when we transition into Clone Wars. I, I'm No, I'm you making that transition now because we're done with Westworld, <laughs> right? No, I mean, oh. there's, there's, um, <laughs> there's still plenty to talk about here. I mean, uh, <laughs> well, well, but actually, I do like your theory yeah, about yeah, the yeah, assembly. I don't know if this uh, is a lot. That, what, you know, uh, Maeve, Maeve's character is in the simulation for most of this episode again. And she confronted a version of Dolores. And there's a couple of lines that she said that it does feel like it's coming up to this very Avengers-esque team up, you know, kind of face off where you're getting these different. Are you happy about that? I'll get to that in in a minute. Nice. Good tease. uh, What I did like, I mean, what I liked about that is, you know, she said, you know, if it was me, I would bring in other friends hinting at that there is more than just Dolores potentially behind this Dolores army. 
Also, the one thing, one uh, thing that might have slipped your guys' minds Nothing uh, mind. when we watched the episode, Sarek had four hosts being printed uh, in that facility. One was Maeve. One uh, was Hector. One was Hector, who was killed. Uh, and then there's two other ones that we didn't even get a, a look at. Um, so there's a lot of theories as to who these other two could be. Who are the other two hosts that I think it's Sarek obvious. has decided to bring up? It's very obvious because remember... Who else was in that simulation with uh, Maeve that you just mentioned? Uh, Lee Sizemore? No, there's a version of Dolores, like a damaged version mm-hmm. of sure. Dolores. My theory would be is it, he's made a copy or some mm-hmm. kind of new Dolores, right? right? Because, you know, who is your biggest enemy? Internally, yourself. yourself, yeah. So yeah. who's the fourth one, then? Um, Steve Jobs. No, it's obviously Dolores again because what's better than five Doloreses? Seven, Seven Doloreses. Dolores. <laughs> Especially if you're going to kill five on one team, two on the other team because I'm, I'm math. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But doesn't it just feel a little ridiculous at this point? Oh, oh I'm going to create some. I'm going to. I'm going to create some hosts. Now I'm going to create some hosts, and we're all copies of each can we, other. Can we go back? Can we go back real quick? You're talking about a science fiction show. Yeah, and you're like. Aren't you? Aren't Wait, you when did you? When are? When aren't you, you sick of the, the, the craziness? It's it's, it's, not, it's not crazy. It's boring, and it's it it just feels so Christian. I actually don't think it's boring. Wait, real quick, Christian. Real quick, real I'm quick. Sorry, oh, it's we have we have new. Hold on, you become to think about. I'm just hold like, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. God damn it! This is an adult TV show that shouldn't make any sense. Yeah, but they're cheating like a children's show. <gasps> we're going to have a team up. Oh, you know what's better than having raising some stuff and we're running out of mysteries? We're just going to do the same thing that we did at the beginning you know of the show by raising some well, more I want to like, point out one thing that's interesting. Uh, you know, Christian, you're very vocal in your dislike for Westworld. I'm not, I love it. You're normally... You're normally I, I don't. Normally, no, because he's, like no, he's normally the positive, the par, the positive yeah. paragon within this, uh, within this show. So I do I've actually... Had, I've had too many. I do like that he has come out you know, with a very strong stance... What is interesting, though, uh, talking to a lot of mutual friends mm-hmm. of was it good, you know, the Jared, the Jared Quays of mm-hmm. the world, uh, the um, even like even the some, Beyonce, even some other people that the I know, Beyonce, you know, some other people, all of them like this new season. There's, yeah. there's a lot of people who like the new season yeah. of Westworld. I do. So I do find it interesting yeah. that uh, Krishna, who normally I would say is 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 positive and is up there with groupthink. Is not a wow. Person. Thanks, buddy. Christian should be up there as being a sheep, and uh, not just a sheep, but a mindless sheep because everything's good. <laughs> well, you have to you, a lamb being led to the slaughter. You can't say that you're like. There's only two groups, really, or three groups, right? One that doesn't care, one likes it, one doesn't like it, That's right? True. So there's yeah. no like. I wouldn't say it's group mentality. No, he just means oh, everyone we know. Yeah, no, I no, tend no, to go. No, with I the, get that. Yeah. 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 So I, think, I, I do think out of your rant just now about like you know they're treating it like a kids show. Yeah, if, but honestly, up, I'm like I, wow, real quick. Arjuna and I did this as well today. I poured myself a delicious bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. Oh, yeah, good. and I sat down uh-huh. and I watched Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Yeah, season seven. That is an episode. Actually- Wait, we're not, we're not. We have to say if the episode was good or not. Damn it! That was the perfect transition. Yeah, you jackass, the host. You, you forgot. You forgot to, you know, tie this one up with a bow and move on. Don't worry, Ravi. You can just pull a Dolores and copy yourself, and replace yourself. I just spilled. I just spilled beer <laughs> on my face. <laughs> anyway, before we get into my per- great transition, <laughs> backtracking here a little bit. Uh. I already know what Christian is going to say, so I don't really care. Arjuna was Westworld season three episode sex good. Uh, I'm actually going to say yes. I did enjoy. Contrary to what Christian Christian said, I actually enjoy. Um, I enjoyed what the story is. I, I enjoyed that there's implications with the big cataclysmic event. I like that we saw it from like the perspective of William. Uh, and yes, it is simplified storytelling. And yes, this is a very different show from Westworld season one and two. But sometimes, you know, it, it sometimes it's nice to just have like, you know, for, I'll give an example here. Uh, our mom texted us yesterday and she was like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and I just simply texted back very simply. Sarah wants to destroy the hosts. Dolores wants to destroy the humans. And it really it's that's the story. You have these two sides mm. and you're seeing who's going to fall on which side. And I think. 
it's interesting because you have people kind of flipping back and forth. Like, is hey is the is the is Hiloris now going to be on Sarek's side all of a sudden, even though he's the one that just killed her family? But is it because he could potentially bring the family back? Yeah. But so you know, and then it's like with Maeve, it's like, well, you know, Dolores just just killed Hector, so now is she going to be on the side of Sarek? Who, but he wants hosts destroyed. See, I do think there's some interesting. You know, I think there's some interesting uh, story there. Is it the best executed? No, but I like it. You see Christian's like binding his time over here. We should pull a weird one instead of like you having to ask him. You just ask me and then I just move on. Oh, you might be disappointed. Christian, okay. was the, the thing good? Yeah, it actually was good. It was, <laughs> but it was, it was the best episode. Um, so, like I said... The rest of the stuff, it irritated me for the exact same reasons as the rest of the season. But it, that doesn't... the show. And I, I think I said this from the very beginning. The show isn't bad. It's well made. It's a beautiful show, mm. right? Cinematography the acting, alone. The acting is great. The directing is great. It's like it's really the story elements that driving me It seems me like nuts. it's the dialogue that's really been bothering me recently. It's very robotic dialogue. And I understand <laughs> they're robots, but for crying out loud, they're trying to be... Yeah, trying to play human. Why don't you so. send a spec script in? No, I, I would do well. <laughs> uh, but no, it was good. And also, I re- I really enjoyed the 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 pulling back of the curtain with William. It was really well done. Just hearing the voices and and, and seeing his face, he's just like, yeah, oh my god, like I got chills. I was like, ooh, it was that, that was, was a really that was, that was, that was a really cool scene to see the different Williams to get Jimmy Simpson to come back as a young William. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I that I, I enjoyed really seeing cool. him. Yeah, I was like, and also scared. also the jarring image of just uh, Ed Harris. Bashing Jimmy Simpson's face in with a chair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, that yeah. Him killing the versions of himself. It, it was interesting. I, I understand why the the actor uh, Ed might not have liked it. Yeah, it's kind of. Weird. It, it, it kind of, it's just like out of left field. Oh, now he's murdering them, and he thinks he's a good guy. But uh, Ravi, was um, this episode of uh, Weast World good? No, <laughs> I knew you were gonna do that. It just it to your points like the the lines what was said uh, was definitely robotic. The stuff with like the man in black was kind of like cool. You psyched us out and like hoo hoo like Avengers team up whatever. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like an episode like the, last week's episode episode five. We kept having to pause it. Yeah. Right, because of work and stuff. Yeah, this one we were like pretty much ran right through it, and yeah. even though we were like ran right through it, I was very like uninterested in what was going on. Like it was like it didn't feel that interested, it didn't feel that deep. It just felt it felt like um maybe like a character development episode. It felt more like a we need our people to do things plot, because we plot device. we have no not even that we we greenlit X amount of episodes and we have to deliver upon. That's no, what it felt I, like. It, it felt more like that they're putting. They're putting players into certain spaces so they can reach that end goal that they want. And, uh, but and it, felt, it, felt force, it felt forced. It felt yeah, it, super forced. It, it wasn't, you know, when you this, it felt like an episode from a weekly, like when you, you know, like like take an Arrow show for example, right, where they're they got seven days to work on an episode and they're making episodes, you know, just like a month before they air. It felt like you're just planning the season as you're going. Instead of like planning the whole thing out beforehand, that mm. that's kind of what this episode felt like. And then my, my my other big point is Marshawn Lynch wasn't in this episode, <laughs> and his birthday is this Wednesday, so this just feels mean. Well, how do you know that? I I don't want to answer that. Moving on. That's weird. <laughs> I may think Marshawn Lynch is the greatest uh, NFL player to become professional pro actor. Not OJ Simpson. <laughs> moving on <laughs> he was an airplane don't care <laughs> moving on star wars the clone wars season seven episode nine mm. the beginning of the literal end of the clone wars an episode that puts us at the start and the jedi it puts us about an hour, two hours maybe let's say let's just let's just fudge the numbers about two hours before the events of episode three the movie where you sat in the theater and cried. And the music came on, and you saw these two fucking gigantic, or these two ships fly in and just start fucking blowing shit up. You know? The thing that made me really realize wow, George Lucas was right to wait to make episode one, two, three. Oh my God. That, that, it, took, it took two two movies to get to that point. 
Two, it took two movies to get to that point. I don't think we understood though that like there was waiting and technology and all that. Yeah, stuff. no, of course we we doubt. I mean, he has a kid. Who the yeah. fuck? We're just like, that? oh, cool, Star Wars. But we are now presented truly the beginning of the end. We are at the point. Everything that has been building up for the Clone Wars, we have found and come into contact with new Jedi's, um, Shakti, for example, who we've seen had cameos in episodes uh, one and two. Um, we finally figure out kind of her fate. We see what happens to Plo. Plo, Plo, Plo Katan. No, not Plo Katan. Plo Katan. Plo Katan. But we, we Plo, have a lot of different Plo Jedi. Plo Koon. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds so right. there's a lot of Jedi in episode three that we get, unfortunately, to see murdered by Order 66. And the Clone Wars series gave those characters stories and arcs and all of that. And now they are all presented in their final moments. If you guys aren't depressed after every single episode, then you have figured out how to separate real life. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny as fuck. But anyway, what like let's talk about it. Like uh, Arjuna, name some connections that you saw. You saw it today. Uh, Well, I mean, the one that Christian pointed out. I mean, months before with uh, um, Kanan showing up. Yeah, he he showed up in the in the little. the pre the little pre thing the the explainer that goes into the episode you saw him on the on the hologram so that was cool uh one that you pointed out ravi was uh, one of the members of death watch uh becomes the leader of mandalore who you see Sax, in, in, that fucker in who you see in star wars rebels so that was definitely pretty cool and of course you see um you know you see darth maul himself at the very end of the episode and uh I just thought the whole thing was beautiful. Like the whole, uh, I'll say it. I'll say it. I said it earlier, and I'll say it again. I think this is the best episode of Clone Wars I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it felt like my God. It felt like a movie. It felt cinematic. It just felt the animation was better. The editing was better. You know what I mean. The everything was elevated to a level that we have seen a few times. I would say in Clone Wars, but it felt cinematic and. You know, I have to imagine that if we weren't going through what we were going through right now, this last arc would be released in theaters. I think it will be, and I will, I will one hundred percent. I will definitely see go see this, I will for go sure. see this for sure. I think, I think the 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 craziest thing with this episode, and I want to do this, but I still want to wait until the arc is done. Is is go back like as soon as we saw this episode and we understood what we just saw, which is the last time that Sokotano talks to Anakin Skywalker. The last time Rex talks to Anakin Skywalker, we saw that happen Mm -hmm. after like when they see him run away, they believe in about a week or so he dies or is dead because of Order 66, which is insane. Mm. And it's like what's interesting with this, this last arc is this will similar to like what Rogue One did with episode four at the very beginning and like understanding what Leia is going through and, and what that ship is going through. It's similar to episode three. Episode three is forever going to be different once you watch this arc mm. and you and you watch that movie because we've already seen the first part. When you start episode three, you know now Anakin and Obi-Wan got into like a, a piss match with Ahsoka about the rights and what the Jedi is supposed to be and all that crap. Mm. Which is still pretty, you know, I didn't present it in an interesting way. It was actually very vulgar, and I apologize. But it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I mean, uh, it was, um, there were some, definitely some emotional feelings in there, you know? What did you guys think of the amount of conflict between Ahsoka and Obi-Wan? You could definitely feel. Uh, I feel like that's always been there, right? It's definitely, it's not that it's been always been there, but Obi-Wan Kenobi is textbook Jedi council jedi order i disagree with that no i would say like in that (laughs) that's true i would say in that particular moment he's 100 like he is going and flying immediately back Mm -hmm. to coruscant for the chancellor right Mm -hmm. and that's like textbook what the jedi have become anakin is this kind of like weird egotistical nut job and ahsoka is now this person that realized she didn't understand what the jedi were met two really fucking annoying sisters (laughs) who were like, well, the Jedi were supposed to be for us, and she's kind of witnessed that. Granted, that arc sucks. It fucking sucks. 
but it presents, and I kind of understand it now, but at the same time, it sucks. <laughs> my, my favorite part is uh, Ahsoka mentions how she ran into the Mandalorians <laughs> on the planet, and Obi-Wan's like, why were you there? And she's like, that's not important. And I just, <laughs> I paused it, and I laughed, because it's like the line just confirmed that those four episodes were was, just yeah. completely pointless. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. Oh, cool. Oh my god. I was just like, uh, but just to go back to Obi-Wan, actually, what kind of solidified in my mind is that Obi-Wan and Anakin, and I, I feel like in the if you watch the prequels before the Clone Wars and everything came out, uh, Lucas really presented it that Obi-Wan and Anakin are actually very similar. The only difference, and you, that's really solidified in Clone Wars, is the only difference is that they both, because they both have human feelings and everything, right? The only difference between Obi-Wan and Anakin is Obi-Wan will always... Um, I forget the exact line he said. He's like, he said, I think it was. Something, I will not allow my personal yeah, feelings to shroud my judgment. Yeah. That is the only, that's the difference between Anakin and Obi-Wan because they both do have strong feelings. Anakin will allow his feelings to shroud his judgment and Obi-Wan will not. Mm. Otherwise, they're almost very identical, identically the same, very similar characters. Mm. Especially when you think about younger Obi-Wan in episode one and everything. Very similar to how Anakin was at the same age. Yeah, he thought he was the shit. Yeah, exactly. So. I, I've always, I found that interesting. I found that they kind of solidified that in this episode. Too. That's a great point. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Do we think... Uh, one of the bigger questions, I think, is this the last time we actually see Obi-Wan and... Anakin. And Anakin in the Clone War series? No. Is that it? No, I, I think I think they're going to show... I think they're going to show... You know, because there's still three episodes left. I think they'll they'll show up and we'll potentially see some scenes in... Um, episode three, kind of presented in Clone Wars, potentially some scenes you didn't see that are also taking you know place well, let, currently. Let, let's talk about episode. that real quick because we kind of know for the most part both of their timelines from the second they say goodbye to Ahsoka, mm-hmm. we think until the end of episode three, we think. I mean, there's still some time. The other well, thing, the other, the other, there, the other yeah, thing, the other thing, the other thing as well, it would be kind of weird not to have something. With Obi Wan because Darth Maul wants him bad. Well, so whether it's like a transmission or they're like sitting in meditation and like they yeah. they you know just have a force, you know. Well, we do connect. know it's con- I mean that that arc is resolved in Rebels. No, I, I understand. Yeah. I, it's just to, to wrap up Clone Wars. Right. Sure. It would be a missed opportunity I, I, not to have some kind of like like they're on spaceships and they're like pass and they just like look at each other like that. That's all I need. Yeah. I, you know, think, I don't need. Much. I think the bigger one and actually it just occurred to me. The Clone Wars start. The, the Clone Wars officially start in like Star Wars lore. It starts at the Battle of Geonosia. That is the start of the Clone Geonosis. Wars. Geonosis. The end of the Clone Wars is official, right? When Anakin goes and butchers all the Separatists. That marks around that period the end of the Clone Wars. Within that same period of him butchering everyone, he loses a bunch of limbs. Padme has the kids, and Obi Wan Kabuzi drops the kids off. You could argue that after that fine, like they could, if they want to really just like set everybody off and everyone's mind just fucking melts, they could, if they want to. And I really kind of, as I say this, want them to do this after or before Obi-Wan Kabuzi drops the kids off. You could have an Ahsoka and Obi-Wan Kenobi quick chit chat or meet or whatever fight, not fight. But you could have something, right? <laughs> Why not? Which yeah. would mean, which would mean, which would change episode three dramatically because once Order 66 kicks into place, Obi-Wan is on the run and meets up with Yoda, goes back to Coruscant, they do their shit, and then Yoda and Obi-Wan are on the ship, the babies are born, and then whatever. But there could definitely be between like Obi-Wan Kenobi going to the temple and doing whatever and then going and meeting up back up with Yoda. There are spots where Obi-Wan and Ahsoka could meet up. It might be more powerful, though, for Ahsoka to meet up with Yoda. Because Yoda is the one who sort of set the Jedi post-Order 66 on that path. Hide the kids. Hide your wife. You know, <laughs> like basically... fucked them over, but... Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, I'm like, stay in hiding. So it might be, it might be more interesting. At least I think I would be more interested... To see that meeting yeah. and what he tells her. I honestly think they're setting up an Ahsoka Obi Wan meetup in live action for the Obi Wan series. As Rosario Dawson, as we know, 
has been cast as Ahsoka. We know Ian mm. McGregor is returning as Obi Wan. Right. Uh, the Rosario Dawson deal has been described as she will be appearing over multiple properties. Star Wars properties. Yep. That oh. would just make too much sense. And I think even they set it up a little bit in this episode that there's conflict there. Uh, and I just think it would that would blow more people's minds of. Um, Instead of trying to fit it into the events of episode three, yeah. you have the, you know, or post Wars, episode right. three, pre episode four. Right. You know, the only event that's now canon is that he kills Maul in the in the desert with uh, Ezra somewhere in the sand. Um, well, yeah, walking point. away at some yeah, point. Yeah. yeah so th- that's the only canonical thing with Obi-Wan basically in between those events right now. It's an open canvas. Yeah, you're definitely going to have Ahsoka, I feel like, show up there. So... Oh man, just lost my train of thought. I really hate when that happens and it comes to Star Wars. Mm. Well, is it about Ahsoka? No, it was uh Obi Wan. Oh, actually it was about Darth Maul and what Obi Wan says about Darth Maul, which I thought was pretty fucking oh, funny. That was amazing. Don't try and kill him, try and capture him because he comes back from the dead. He doesn't stay dead. He doesn't like he doesn't to stay, stay dead. He doesn't like to stay dead. Yeah, which crazy. is just like, come on now. Wait a second. You don't think. It can't be. Is that is he suggesting then that perhaps he doesn't kill him on Tatooine? Oh, <gasps> never! Oh. No! <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm beca- because because they did introduce Darth Maul obviously into the solo movie, so they did have live action plans for Maul. Mm. Yeah, I'm, big assu- time. I'm assuming those those plans are going to be um, invoked into the Obi Wan series as well. So I think what is cool with this Ahsoka Darth Maul duel coming up is you might see a live action version of that potentially mm. now in the, the Obi-Wan series. That would be pretty sick. Mm. One thing that I did read on Reddit that I thought was interesting, which is a little bit separate to this, is like, um, obviously when this episode dropped, a lot of Star Wars fans were like, this is amazing. We've been waiting seven years for the Siege of Mandalore. Seven years ago is when the episode where Obi-Wan runs away, or not runs away, escapes when Mandalore goes to complete another shit, right? And, you know, somebody posted that on Reddit and was like, you know, we waited seven years for this. One thing that somebody said uh, on the prequel memes subreddit was like, wow, what an amazing job Dave Filoni and team did to create a series that adds so much more interesting things to all these variety of characters and people introduced in the prequel series and make us really love, you know, episode two to a degree and more so episode three now. It's like, wow, this is crazy imagine what they could do to fix episode one maybe a series that follows obi-wan and young obi-wan young qui-gon young count dooku young uh palpatine and how he rises to power and i was sitting there i was like oh my god whoever put this just figured out how to fix fucking episode one i've been been banging that drum for years (laughs) i've always thought that pre-episode one and episode one between episode one and two with young Anakin, mm. those are those would be excellent series. I believe they're in novels. Are they canon? They're yeah, no longer. They're no yeah, longer they're, canon. They're, they haven't done new ones yet. I don't think so. Oh. They, and the, the thing that property is mostly untouched mm. because Disney hasn't done a it. lot with the prequel trilogy. Yeah, they should. They should get on that. Well, I mean, they looked at the Clone Wars stuff and the Clone Wars, like the Clone War, Clone Wars um, concept works perfectly, right? It also worked with Rebels, right? We got so much more rich and inf- interesting information between the three and the four. I could imagine we'll see like a prequel to episode one. And I can definitely see like a series, not Resistance, between episode <laughs> six and seven. Because Resistance was fucking stupid. Well, I think, I, think, I, think, uh, I think you could get a powerful series between six and seven. Specifically to... Well, Mandalorian is between six and seven. I, yeah, but I think you could get even more interesting in terms of the first order and how they they really rise and make you know make all the cartoony stuff in seven eight and nine with like oh it was palpatine the whole time you could make it way more interesting kind of like yeah you could redeem episode eight seven, nine, eight, nine. You, by, by by showing I, I, that yeah. i think i think you could definitely fix episode nine the most if you kind of gave a lot more backstory which they will it. i mean there's no way they yeah. won't I mean, all so, so much rich star Wars so real, real quick cows. like like if you had to power rank the the trilogies right you know original sequel or excuse me original prequel and sequel that's the, the order in which they were released Yikes. and you include all the extra canon stuff right so within the original like uh sequel series actually there's not a whole lot that you can actually include the uh, sequel series in, in the uh, sorry original series that's right they and that's another thing you could do if we're talking about shows and stuff 
there's you know years periods in between you know four and five and five and six. What two years between episodes? Between four episode and five? four and five is about two years. Between five and six is like five years. There's a lot. I mean, there's stuff going on, so they can definitely fix that. But if you have to like power rank the trilogies and you include all the canon stuff that you're aware of, what would your power rankings be? I actually kind of just said it when I presented it. Mine would yeah. be originals, uh, prequels because of Clone Wars, Rebels, and then uh, sequel. the sequel. Yeah. I, I don't think you can really answer that question until Yet. more time has gone by and then yeah. you see what they do around the new trilogy, like what kind of properties they come out with. Um, I mean, would you include Mandalorian as like supplemental to the new trilogy or is that part of the old trilogy? Mm. I would say that is part of... I would do it based upon... I would say new. I would say um, original. The reason I would say original is because we're still feeling the remnants of the Empire. Once you hit like a series that really touches upon like one of the big, big bad guy corporations, you know, so original is Empire, sequel is First Order. See, I still think we're going to see the start of the rise of the First Order or remnants of it or, you know, uh, the beginnings of it in Mandalorian. It's too perfect of a, a vehicle to, to show that. Whether I would, it's a I symbol would, or yeah, a I would, I would hope because, like, it's 20 years. Yeah. It's right? enough time. Is there, like, 20, 25 years between episode 6 and 7? So you could actually do, like, a Mandalorian. I mean, he may be old, and maybe you do it like the, the Viking series, right? Where it's, like, in generational. Mm. Like, you could do it where, like, he goes, he has a kid. We speed across a couple of years, right? And the kid is, like, a, you know... He's like a youngster, whatever you decide to do, right? Or maybe he already has a kid out there in the universe. You don't know. Yeah. But like stuff like that, I think would be like super, super interesting. Yeah. Um, folks, before we jump into, you know, The Last Dance, Michael Jordan's documentary, Krishna, hmm. you should ask Arjuna if the Clone Wars episode was good. Ravi, was Star Wars, the Clone Wars episode that we just watched good? Fuck yes. It's way better than that. Stupid shit with the sisters. That I wish they'd done dumb. like the Ventress arc instead or something. Oh, my oh god. my god! That Why been so much better? Why? Why the fuck didn't we do that? Well, you're not on the the, the creative board. Oh, <laughs> why did <laughs> we, we do, do that? We, I take responsibility. That's like when like like uh, sports fans like they're like, oh, we we just didn't do well yeah. today. You're on the team. Why couldn't we convert <laughs> that fourth? Down? I'm on the Star Wars team. I think. Yeah. Send me the royalty checks to uh don't take my address. Ravi, do you need to ask someone a question? Oh, right. Arjuna <laughs> was Clone Wars season seven episode something good. Yes, and it was the best episode of Clone Wars. Uh and it was funny because uh I remember when Ravi and I years ago, uh, I think this was like the summer of oh eight. Or 07, I think, we saw the original Clone Wars movie oh when it came God. out. Oof. And we were like, God, this is shit. Because it is. If you go back and watch that movie, it's still even it's worse than the the sisters arc we just doesn't made. it doesn't it look like a Windows ninety five screensaver? It, it looks it's animated <laughs> poorly. Yeah. It's literally the most uninteresting story. And how they introduce Ahsoka at that time, if you ask me, is Ahsoka Tano going to become one of the most popular Star Wars characters to ever to most ever exist? Important too, yeah. I would say, get the fuck out of here. She is the most annoying character. To go back to last week when you said who's the most annoying characters, 07 Ahsoka Tano would have topped that list. More annoying than Jar Jar at that point. Oh, God, yes. Uh, so, Jar Jar is not annoying. So it's just, it's to me, it's fascinating for that in 13 years of this show, being on and off and everything, that they, like we have gotten to the point where you are seeing you you saw the very worst of Star Wars, and you're at the very I would say this is some of the best Star Wars I've ever seen. Agreed. Was it good? Yeah, it was. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. He is an NBA player, most notably known for winning five, six, six championships with the Chicago Bulls. Bulls. Chicago, known for the deep dish pizza. I kind of want deep dish pizza now. Um, yeah, I know. Aaron, you want to oh, spend $120? I really want a pizza now. God, I hate pizza. We had pizza yesterday. It was terrible. Anyway, The Last Dance, the ESPN docu series known as 30 for 30, premiered 
this past Sunday, episodes one and two. In, in, uh, with, uh, with Netflix. It was a co-production with Netflix. Yeah. Co-production with Netflix. That. Did not know that till just now, actually. So thank you, Arjuna. It was uh, right in the opening thing. Yeah. Or opening thing. In like the, the opening credits. Oh, in the credits? It's like, it's like, a, it's like a ESPN and Netflix production. Interesting. So that means there will be some kind of distribution on Netflix. I assume the distribution is as soon as the final episode goes live, it's going to be on. It's going to live on Netflix, I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, this sounds like something that they may have bundled in prior to their platforms. Anyway, off topic here. The documentary finally premiered. We are living in a time where there are no longer live sports currently. There is no foreseeable future where live sports exist. So the sports community was very, 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 very amped up for this. I would say it went beyond the sports community mm. where we had regular Joe Schmoes who don't know a whole lot about the Chicago Bulls or the NBA were very interested to see what all the fuss was about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got to see it. And I'll just say this. Sorry, Pippin. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pip. Oh, man. Good it was, it no, was I, He lost. <laughs> no, no. Honestly, this if this I mean, if the first two episodes are any indication this documentary is going to show a whole new generation just how incredible Scottie Pippen was and how underappreciated he was, uh, which is fascinating. And I think it's great. Like, Scottie Pippen was always – there's a line in the first episode where it's like, you know, Scottie Pippen is probably the greatest number two ever in the history of basketball. And that's true. Uh, and he probably could – you know, he probably could have been uh, – he still would have put on a Hall of Famer without Michael Jordan. Um, but – he played his role perfectly. And unfortunately, when you're the number two to the greatest, there's a long shadow cast. And yep. uh, that's, that's like it's fascinating though, mm. to watch that. To your point, though, Scottie Pippen's great. But let's be honest. The Last Dance is all about the GOAT, the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. More importantly than introducing a whole new generation to be the greatest player to play next to the greatest player yeah. uh, is to... All the 13-year-olds who go on NBA Twitter and talk about how <laughs> LeBron James is the GOAT. LeBron James. That Michael Jordan <laughs> Michael Jordan commissioned this documentary or allowed it to be created during the 2016 Cavaliers Parade. That is the parade where LeBron James uh, overcame and his team overcame a 3-1 deficit to the Golden State Warriors. Michael Jordan was sitting at home probably and was like, oh, hell no. They're going to start <laughs> calling him the GOAT. Because he just won his third championship and came back against a 73-9 and nine Warriors team, which is, don't get me wrong, one of the greatest, you know, a great all-time sports feat, okay? Michael Jordan was like, hell no, commissioned this. And the, 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 I think the, it's clear that the point behind this is to show the young people, this is the GOAT, okay? Mm-hmm. This is the GOAT, and this is what basketball was like back then. This is how he changed the game. Okay. So, so I, I, this is where my, de- this is where like, I want to kind of like debate this documentary series and all docu series in the last, like, I don't know, five years or so, specifically around Netflix, actually, because I think Netflix documentary series for the most part, are very interesting where they present an idea but what the internet does is they take something completely different from it and hyper focus for sure on that one thing. And I think it's interesting, like if we talk the the Michael Jordan documentary, I almost said B. Damn good. Uh you know, like Christian said, that the documentary is supposed to be about or is about primarily Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. The internet, though, like really hyper focused on Pippin, you know, like during last night and into this morning a little bit, I saw like all these crazy stats. All this information, how much money he made, how much money he made, all this stuff. Like it was a lot of information. Yeah. And I'm curious to see next week, like who's going to be the new character that isn't Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman, potentially. Well, I think potentially, so, so I do. Be, yeah. I do want to clear up something. The documentary isn't called Michael Jordan. It is called The Last Dance, and The Last Dance is in reference. And and this is how they've started the documentary, and this is the kind of the focus of it. It is about that '96, '97. Uh, Chicago Bull NBA champion team that won the championship, but knew from the very beginning that it was quote unquote their last dance because all of these different pieces were not going to be coming back next year. Phil Jackson only agreed to a one year deal and was told by the GM that he's not coming back. You know, Jordan, we know that was Jordan's last year. There's a lot of players that they wanted to move on from, including Pippen and Dennis Rodman. And in fact, they start the documentary by saying, 
with Michael Jordan going, I'm Michael Jordan, blah, 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 blah. I'm Scottie Pippen, blah, 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 blah. I'm Dennis Robin, blah, 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 blah. I'm Phil Jackson, blah, 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 blah. So they presented the documentary. Yes, Michael Jordan's first because he's clearly the biggest and most important name. But it's about it's about all of I think it I think it really is going to be about all of that the whole well, team. That's, oh, absolutely. that's interesting though because like the marketing and everything on it was done where it's like this is the Michael Jordan documentary. It is so it is because the Chicago you Scotty like I said Scotty Pippen is a fantastic you know component is a fantastic player right. There's an infamous He's a great guy. There's a there's a Stephen A. Smith Skip Bayless uh, debate oh, from 15 years ago God. where Skip Bayless said that Scottie Pippen wasn't a top, what top 50. NBA player of all time. We said he, uh, so uh, Skip Bayless said that he was not right. a top 50, and then Stephen A. goes off. He's like, you just got caught, Skip, right? Caught Skip. Because uh, he is. Like, Scottie Pippen is, a, is one of the best NBA players to ever play. Dennis Rodman is one of the most one of the weird best personalities and, yeah. and a great, was a great basketball player. Phil Jackson is arguably the best NBA head coach of all time. You know, Steve Kerr was a great point guard and was the coach of that 73-win team uh, Warriors team. So there's a there's a ton of interesting people around it but everyone in comparison still compares to michael jordan yeah if you did a documentary about michael jordan and tom brady it would be called the michael jordan documentary Uh, i don't know about that i'm not sure about that. yeah i don't know about that like current times like you want to get your audience so i don't know i feel like the tom brady tampa bay it's a you know third rate (laughs) market team does it count in corona world what anything that happens right now (laughs) The draft this week, does that count? Really? I well, mean, we have to see. I mean, I'm sure a lot of GS teams wouldn't want it to count. Oh, well, I hope they do. I mean, Jesus. Enough work is going into it. Anyway, anyway first two episodes came out. You two, more than me, are Celtics fans. Yeah. What were like the interesting things? Like when you were watching the documentary, were you were you looking for your home team, or were you more focused on like I want to see about the Jordan, the last dance, the team? Yeah, I mean, it's, you're watching it for Jordan, right? right? Like that's like you said, that's how it was presented. There in episode two, there are obviously a lot of interesting Celtics connections that go into the the playoff series that um, the Bulls had versus the Celtics. The very interesting story of Jordan and Danny Ainge golfing between games one and two. Danny Ainge kind of fleecing Jordan in the game in the in the golf game, and then. Jordan dropping 63. Yeah, I think 63, 63 versus Celtics in a losing effort. In a losing effort, yeah. But uh cuz that, you know, that that Celtics team that that the Bulls ran into, you know, first off um you know, Jordan is still very young, but that some people argue is the greatest basketball team ever assembled. From Celtics team? That's that 86 I think Celtics it had team, yeah. Four, four Hall of Famers on. Yep. Damn. In their primes. Or no, they were past their primes. Yeah. yeah. But they're still very good. Bird, right? Parrish, and McHale were all yeah. past their primes. Yeah. You know, but, uh, no, obviously they were still great. Still a very yeah. good team. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, but uh, so I think as a Celtics fan, it, it's cool to like hear those stories and see those anecdotes and, and see kind of like, you know, Danny Ainge is obviously the G is, you know, was a, is a, is a big Celtics player. You know, he was a great bench player. And then also um, he's the current GM of the Celtics. So it's just kind of fascinating to see, you know, it's fascinating to see a, a current day um, player, you know, or executive uh, in in the past, and, and kind of how how they interacted with certain figures. I will say this: uh, looking on Twitter, and I would agree with the sentiment. A lot of Celtics Twitter um, is really into this documentary because, obviously, anyone who's a basketball fan, you know, maybe a little bit older, you know, they recognize that Michael Jordan's a goat. Those Bulls teams are some of the best of all time. Uh, but it's also really cool, though. Especially if like people my age, where Bird, McHale, Parrish, though that's before our time. We right. didn't get to grow up watching those guys. Right. So it's really nice to be able to experience some of the Celtics lore, the Celtics legend through the eyes of this of this bull story. Yeah, sure. The Celtics are only gonna be it probably, you know, probably that one two. episode, honestly. One episode. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they'll bring them back maybe for if they talk about the the, the dream team where right. that bird was also on. But um, it, it's nice. It's nice to be able to get that um, that that Celtics connection, even if it's just for a little bit. But definitely, like Arjuna said, you're you're coming in to see, you know, one of the greatest athletes to ever play any sport ever. That's the draw. That's the the gravity. So it being episodes one and two, Krishna, mm-hmm. was it good? So uh, full disclosure, I only seen episode one so far. Uh, I'm going to watch episode two tomorrow, uh, but. Episode one was, yes, it was incredible. Loved it. 
Juno was episode real quick though. Like as a start of a documentary series, like where would you like power rank this? Ooh, the Goat of Goat documentary series is uh, you know that fat thirty two or thirty day, you know supersize me. Supersize me was okay. I would say no. I would say it's like the top of the notch because that did like a big fundamental change for sure. Like, it, that's caused yeah. a fucking gigantic like loss of loss industry like shift. So yeah. that's what why about, I call it the Goat of Goat. What about the whale one? The whale one was all right, but it wasn't as bi- it wasn't one. as big as like the the uh, super. I don't know, that was pretty big. You got to mention Tiger King, of course. Tiger uh, King is another. I mean, that's the current big interest. It's, it's the, the but like Tiger one. King, I would rank in the same realm or space as like um, what's the murder one? Making a murder. Making a murder. Yeah, for sure. Which was like a big cultural like yeah, shift. For sure. Where would you like put this within like? These extreme documentaries. Uh, I'd have done. to see the whole thing. Gotcha. To be honest, okay. I, I don't think I can make that determination right now. It's really good, really good start, strong start. But yeah, I'm not. I can't. I can't tell for sure. Arjuna was uh, episode one of this. Uh, the last dance. Good. I would say yes. It for sure, it was. It was very well edited, very well paced. Uh, a lot of good information. A lot of good, like they they definitely emptied the bank in terms of getting the rights to. A lot of great footage, a lot of um, a lot of great stuff. You know, they even mentioned like they, my Jordan and the Bulls granted unprecedented access during that season. Uh, I am not aware of that footage ever being used before. Uh, there might be a documentary or some type of special that came out. I don't uh, think so, but I don't know. So it like th- the fact that they were able to get those twenty three years later uh, is is really incredible. I believe, me. and it's been presented at least online, that Jordan has been sitting on that footage. Like he he commissioned the documentary crew to follow him, and then decided to do nothing with it for twenty. He's, he's just been biding his time. He's just waiting. He's like the next goat, quote unquote, goat usurper that comes along. I'm gonna drop this, and uh, and that's Jordan. That that is vintage jo- Jordan, the greatest trash talker ever, the greatest competitor ever, and he kill he ripped people's hearts out. That's what he does. So, what, is it really that shocking that? During you know White Ren LeBron's in that discussion for Goat, he's like, okay, let's do it, let's do this. A great, it's interesting, yeah. like the ego oh, of human being is insane. Yeah, because it, like I remember that's what like, it takes though. My first like exposure, like spoiler alert for those watching, like you know we did not grow up in the United States, so we did we did not grow up watching the NBA or right. the NFL. Our my first memory of somebody named Michael Jordan was fucking Space Jam. Yep, right, mm. right where like that was the connect bugs. Fucking bunny, yeah, and basketball. That's how I Bugs Bunny was the star. The two. Bugs Bunny was the star, and Michael like, was and obviously, you know, that was a children's movie. So, like, Michael <laughs> Jordan to me, the children's movie. Michael Jordan to me was, you know, a cool dude, a really nice guy. <laughs> and it's like you're you're seeing this documentary, and you're like, that's not a nice guy. He's yeah. a really big dick. Yeah, but which is that, that part is actually pretty well known though like that he is once a, you like get into it yeah. especially if you live during the time period then yeah definitely yeah i'm just talking through the eyes of a eyes of a ranger yeah whenever Five space jam came yeah out. but it, it's interesting you know talking about the goat thing like lebron james is supposed to is going to be in space jam too mm-hmm. uh so it, it is it is fascinating that uh and that is the that's been the talk for years right like lebron is the goat and then jordan releases this doc and then Especially this NBA season, all signs seem to point that the Lakers and LeBron were, you know, heading towards a fine, you know, heading toward a championship. He'd won a championship. That'd be his fourth championship with a third different team. I mean, there were some obstacles, but you're yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. Right. But like, but, you know, there's I, a chance to get so, one. But what's interesting, right? Like, we're in April right now, right? Yeah. Uh, this documentary is supposed to drop in the summer. So if Jordan and his team is projecting, like, all right, let's say LeBron wins that fourth <laughs> Let's say LeBron wins that fourth championship. Yeah. With the Lakers, right? Let's tee up this now, now people are get, people are gonna be like, oh, you know, he's won three different franchises, four, you know, four different times. He's he's on a super team. He could he's that everyone's gonna be like, is he gonna get to six to pass Jordan or tie with Jordan? And then boom, they were gonna drop it because it was supposed to come out July and they moved it up. Yeah, uh, Smart. two months. Smart. So that I just I just wonder if there was oh like, absolutely some talks there of like, well, if I know Jordan and I don't, <laughs> but I do. Yeah, that's exactly what he was planning. Yeah. Oh, man. You know Michael sure. Jordan? I do. Wow. I don't. Are you going to ask Ravi? Ravi, was the last dance good? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How much did you watch? I watched enough to know that this it is was... a very beautifully well done docu-series 
that the Smithsonian should have. <laughs> the Smithsonian, damn it. Oh anyway, Archie, you have some breaking news that you wanted to drop on I us? I did. So What? Uh, it's about the movie industry. Uh, and it's about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh. They're canceling it. No. Man. Doctor Strange uh, lost their director a few months ago, Scott uh, Erickson. Right. Okay. Wait, was that no? Wasn't it somebody else? Scott Derrickson, I believe, was the director. Was he the one for one from one and two for the first one? Yeah. yeah. And then he was going to do the second one, and he dropped out. Right. So they had been looking for a director. Wait, They've can been... I guess? Sure, go ahead. Christopher Nolan. No. Damn. Do you, do you want to? No, guess? I have no idea. All right. So the director, uh, and he confirmed it in a tweet, uh, I believe, a week ago, of Doctor Strange, is no stranger to comic book movies. In fact. Some oh, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi. That's oh, right. Coming yes. in to direct this. a Marvel Cinematic Universe. His first, he, the, some would call him the godfather <laughs> of comic book movies, right? Sam Raimi, one and two. Because and three. For, no, because. What no. about Michael Keaton's Batman? No, no, the directors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the, what about that director? Tim Burton. <laughs> but, but I would say for a long time. Those Spider-Man movies were yeah. were, were some of the, the modern, best. The but they were some of the best comic book movies. Obviously, the Dark Knight trilogy came along, and then after, yeah, the Marvel Iron Cinematic Man. Universe. But like nothing, nothing could touch those Spider-Man. Right, because the, the big thing time. like with those Spider-Man films, when you compare that to like the Dark Knight trilogy, is the Dark Knight trilogy is very like closed, mm. right? It's very like it's about Batman. That that's it. No other room. No other room. While like the Spider-Man movie was kind of set up in such a way where it's like. We could kind of expand upon if we want to. It was it was a true comic book movie. It felt like a comic book, right? Like it was even colored like a comic book in terms of yeah. the bright and vibrant colors. And uh, so it is. I think it's fascinating that Raimi is returning after so many years uh, and is joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe with maybe the most uninteresting uh, cinematic. Marvel character, right? Doctor Strange, who who had well, to he needs a makeover. Yeah, he, he needs a makeover. Like they need to like really hardcore dive into like the Doctor Strange comic books because mm. that shit. Like depending on which like series or arc you want to read, like that shit's fucking weird and creepy. That's scary as fuck. Like if you smoke a lot, like like that's the weird hallucinogenic shit I believe, that you would see. I believe that the new Doctor Strange movie is supposed to be that, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't doesn't he like get locked in? All right, all right. Like we've seen some like oh the Marvel Civil War for example was supposed to be like superhero on superhero violence. It's gonna be great. And then it was like they just cried and hit each other. <laughs> I, like, I know. Cool. Well, Doctor, Sh- I would say Doctor Strange <laughs> is kind of like what Civil War and like uh, some of the event earlier the first two Avenger movies where it's like the the build-up event, like the the cinematic universe, will be cha- is supposed to be changed by this movie. Right. It, it's kind of like the big team-up movie because we know there's a lot of other heroes coming in. So it is to me, it's interesting they're getting someone like Sam Raimi to come in and do an important movie like that. And also, you know, to piggyback off of this, the rumor is Benedict Cumberbatch only signed on for five Marvel movies. And he's already done. He's already done four. Four. Yeah. He's already appeared in four movies. His Doctor War. Strange, uh, Thor, Thor Ragnarok, the cameo, uh, Endgame, uh, Endgame, Infinity War, War, and then second. And then, so this this could be his last movie as Doctor Strange. Good. <laughs> yeah, it's like the best Marvel movie ever. <laughs> I, why? Why? I, ha- I have faith that they will Same make movie. they will make the new Doctor Strange fucking weird. Is because like, what was it like? Um, Infinity War. You know, we saw actual characters die and not like blow up in the wrong shit ship because of the jedi knight oh what episode nine chewbacca sorry um <laughs> well we actually see characters die we actually see like thor or Th- thanos lose his fucking head and like end game it's like okay i see what you're doing there you're becoming an adult thing it's scary but it's okay so i mean i'm, I'm excited for you're that. hopeful i'm a hopeful yeah. especially in this world i don't, I don't you, sound, you sound not hopeful about sam raimi directing doctor I'm curious, right? I haven't. I don't think I've seen any Sam Raimi movies besides Spider Man One, Two, or Three. Is it because of the emo scene in Episode Three? Are you still shook to your core? I love that scene. (laughs) It has spawned a. It spawned a whole generation. That movie spawned started a whole generation of butthurt comic book (laughs) movie fans. It's true. That movie started the whole thing, like in terms of bashing comic book movies. So could you you know what? That movie is a legend. 
in its own right. Well, so there's uh, Raimi's only directed two movies since Spider-Man Three: uh, Drag Me to Hell and Oz: The Great and Powerful. Uh, I mean, so... Sam Raimi's well known for like his big stuff. And why I'm like excited for the Doctor Strange stuff. His big stuff is the Evil Dead. Yes, correct. And like the uh, Evil Dead is fucking batshit nuts in terms of like a horror zombie weird fucking movie. Interesting. And like the spirits and shit. So that's why it's like if you're gonna give him a Marvel property, that sure that that, Doctor that, that, that they want horror elements. In. Yeah, Doctor yeah, yeah. Strange makes the most. So Spider Man, the Spider Man movies are his outliers life. for him because he's more known as a horror director. In fact, the, the the last three movies he's produced are The Grudge, Crawl, Don't Breathe. Before that, Poltergeist. Before mm. that, Murder of a Cat. Uh, like all horror movies. So it is, it, and especially because they're describing this as potentially the MCU's first horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Sam Raimi makes a lot of sense, especially because he has the experience. And that's actually why people were so disappointed by Spider-Man Three because they were introducing Venom and they're like, "Oh my God, Sam Raimi's a horror director. Yeah. This should be perfect." It been amazing. Do you it think was. he went and saw Venom with um, what's his face, Rob Zombie, Venom? um, Tom Hardy? Maybe. <laughs> and no, he saw he went and he saw it and he's like, Yeah, that shit's hard to make scary. Yeah. And he's like, I didn't fuck it up. Well they've talked about the I mean the reason Spider Man three failed so spectacularly is because Sony forced them into being like, We got a film by this time and they didn't have a script and then they were like, We want also the Sandman in this and this and that. Electro? You know, for toys was Electro and, in it? No, it was Sandman, Venom and New Goblin. You're thinking Ultimate Spider Man. Uh, with uh what's his face? Jamie Foxx and Andrew Garfield. I never yeah. saw that one. Really? I'm, you you saved that's a lot of Marvel. You movies saved yourself I, from seeing a yeah. neck snap, which was just painful to watch. Ooh. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was pretty oh, that that was bad. Interesting. Yeah. Guys, I think we're gonna wrap it here. Another was it good in the books, episode seventy seven. You can find us on Twitter at Was It Good on the Instagram at Was It Good BTM on twitch.tv slash was it good. The podcast is live streamed every Monday night. And the podcast is released every Tuesday unless um, one of us is sick. And if we're sick, then uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. Uh-oh. We still, we, the show goes on. We still, we're still in it. Yeah, we just like go, hey, Christian, and this silence. We just play crickets. <laughs> oh, Christian, what did you think of uh, Westworld? Great. Thank you and goodbye.